everyone, welcome to a long, long delayed episode of the Excaliburos. Hey! Yeah, I'm happy now. Yes, we don't have any uh, mental issues or depression or anything else that has kept us away. Dan, we're all happy and fine now. Yes, somehow. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Well, we're back to talk about our normal uh, comic books. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, but we got some good ones. We got some bad ones, Dan. Yeah, um, I think it's part of the course now that we at least have one absolutely terrible book. Um, and then it goes up in stages. Um, and, and, and for some reason, that book tends to be uh, the title of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, like, I feel like it's that, um, it's in that phase. It's like, it's like a child growing up. You're really happy with it when it first is born. It's really cute. It's sweet. It's adorable. Then it starts right. getting, like worse and worse and now we're in like sort of the um the eight to ten bracket where it doesn't know what it wants to be and every day it's a different color yeah <laughs> <laughs> of trash yeah <laughs> well dan well why don't we just start off with excalibur then and, and get this out of the way yes excalibur um number I would say 80, 38, uh, the Promethean Exchange Part 2 or 3. On the front cover, we have our West Coast Avenger, um, Wonder Man, punching Captain Britain in an uppercut. And in the background, something purple uh, is holding Doctor Doom's mangled body. <laughs> it's it's not good. It's not a nope. good cover. It's, it's horrible, in fact. Um, even the color work is weird. I generally don't know where Captain, how Captain Britain's legs or feet work in this universe, but uh, he looks like a posable action figure in like all the worst ways. But yes, terrible, um, terrible. Much like the rest of this book. Uh, quickly though, um, so the creative teams didn't even bother telling me who was who or what was doing what. So it's Lobdell, Badger, Spike, the Cata. Uh, Kavanagh and DeFalco uh, are all doing this book. Um, we have this really cute page of a roll call. And they should call. all be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, pretty much. So we have a roll call page where you'll recognise the names but not the people. Because <laughs> um, uh, to briefly sum this up, Doctor Doom is doing magic stuff. Um, the heroes stop him after fighting each other. Uh, uh, or try to stop him. Because uh, it is a TV continued, because it's only part two. Um, and what I can describe as um, surrealist art, maybe. Yeah. In some yeah. Places. Right. So um, I have no issue with art being um, obtuse and a little bit out there, like if it works. This just feels like I drew it. And I've decided to really put a lot of black ink on it. Yeah. Um, and everyone is contorted, warped. It's, it doesn't even feel like it's serving the magical story, if that Mm-mm. makes sense. Mm-mm. Like, the warped versions of the Avengers are just as warped as the normal versions of the Avengers. Oh, yes. So, it's... No one comes off unscathed. Um, there's such heavy inking that it just... 
it bleeds through. Poor Night, poor Kurt. Um, oh yeah. He's practically wearing a black loincloth uh, for most of it. Like just he's perpetually in shadow. I know someone would argue that that's the whole point, but um, and also I do not know when there's a picture I'm looking at of Megan uh, where I don't know where her ass begins or ends. Oh yes, yeah. So um, yes, um, it is. The story is forgettable. The dialogue doesn't really like hit any uh, decent points. Um, visually, it's all over the place. Like even creative light, like giving it some props with it being a magical story. Maybe it's a bit twisted, blah blah. blah. Even trying to give it some sort of like uh, excuse <laughs> doesn't help. No. So yes, I did not enjoy going through it. I know this is a really quick one, but I don't think we're staying here very much longer so yeah no i mean the artwork is 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 junk and and the inking is atrocious i I will say if if like you gave this artist um uh, like the amount of time to do like some abstract uh marvel artwork that would like hang on on a wall at like an exhibit that i would take a look at i feel like how weird and, and sort of the body dysmorphia and craziness of this artwork might work as like a sort of a thought piece on on, on bodies and superheroes and just just to complicate like a single image of what Megan would look like, you know, hanging on a wall. I'd be like, okay, this would be very interesting to like digest. But as comic book sequential art, this is uh, very difficult to follow um, and un unkind to my eyes and <laughs> i just keep looking at this panel of of iron man shooting his beams out of his <laughs> hands but he doesn't like put his hands out in front of him he just like holds them up like 90 degrees at the elbows and just shoots out like he doesn't know how to use his arms in any way it's a very it's it's almost as if someone he's had an alien Sarah draw these characters and they don't know how the human body functions and so they're sort of guessing at where the bends are and what what his actual physical posing can do uh, it's it's kind of a like if, I, if you if you told me that I had taken drugs before I read this issue I would believe you. Uh, that's how strange it is. I will give it credit for two two panels. There's one panel where Cap, um, Captain Britain hits uh, Evil Four and it's like a boo up mm-hmm. and he's like, "Is this jaw taken?" That's a nice abstract sort of beefcake art. And then there's a panel later where Doctor Doom is going down a spiral staircase, which oh yeah. Um, which is really interesting, like you said, really interesting art, which I think given more time, given a bit more freedom, perhaps. But one of the one of the worst offenders, it's not just the line work, it's his the, the paint it's his paint by numbers colouring. Oh yes, it yeah. Block reds Blocks, everywhere. It, yes. Oh it just everything's clashing and not in like a a thematic idea or anything like that. It's just horrible to look at. Like generally just mm-hmm. ugly bullshit. Anyway, you can safely say that this did not get a mark, if we ever did marks, um, right. from me. <laughs> no, it's just like, we're going to fight each other? Oh, I guess we shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be fighting Dr. Doom. And at the end, he's like, well, I've got a plan for you. Uh, because someone says the jig is up. And then he says the jig has only just begun. So that's the kind of amazing writing uh, we <laughs> we have in this issue as well. Um, I guess it, I, see... The thing is, if you thought it was being corny, but it doesn't even feel like it's purposely being corny. No, it just no, no. is. It just exists. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Goodness. 
Oh uh, yeah, I, I really just hope. No, I, but I have a feeling the next issue is going to be the same art team and the same junk. Yep, yeah, it is. But hopefully, it's the end, right? Hopefully. Never, never the end. Gosh. All right. Uh, I mean, if these were like horror versions, like nightmare versions of of how creatures of, of how mutants or human, uh, superheroes would look in your dreams, like okay, I totally get that, but. Otherwise, I don't need to look at this ever again. So why don't we move on, Dan? <laughs> yes, let's move on. Um, should we jump straight into, um, oh, God, um, Exiles? Or yes. do you want to jump? <clears throat> yeah, let's jump right. into okay, Exiles. So Exiles. I'll get, my, I'll get my recaps out of the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Exiles, number 39. Um, on the front cover, we have um, our Weapon X. Colossus and Kitty Pride, and I actually don't mind this cover. Sim, it's it's a nice, simple image of these two people that are usually put together. That's literally it. <laughs> what about you? No, it's it's true though. They're they're always together, aren't they? No matter where they are in the universe. Um, so yes. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of alternate. If you said, "Dark, this is Colossus's uniform now," and uh, I would have no idea that these were different, you know, characters from different universes. Uh, in nope. the, in in the book, they interact, but it doesn't seem like any different than any other sort of odd relationship they've had in the past. Nope. I, I do want to point really? out, like on the cover, um, we've got you know our normal names up next to the logo, etc. But like right in the bloody middle of this thing. In like bright white, it, it like typed out and like Times New Roman type font, just says transparency digital on the artwork. <laughs> it's so like oh, jarred. Good, because I don't know who did the cover for this actually. It didn't actually um, tell me here. As usual, my book does not tell me. The cover? Um, anyway, on the cover, yeah. It says Mizuki Sakakibara. Sakakibara, ah, makes sense. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Chuck Austin is writing um, on writing duties. Uh, Jim Calafiore is our penciler. I mm-hmm. don't know who our inker is, but I want to say Mark McKenna, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, colorist, we've got I've got it could be Transparency Digital or uh, Jung Choi. It's um, Transparency Digital, yeah. And Dave Sharp is our letterer. And yep. um, so it's part two of our Weapon X story, if you can remember. Hyperion has joined the Weapon X team and has done many a thing in this universe. Um, this universe which hates mutants. And we open up with the president being all happy that they didn't support Captain America and they support the Sentinels because all the Avengers are dead. Right. Um, most of the mutants are dead. Everyone's happy about that until someone turns up and says, oh yeah, Magneto sent an asteroid to kill us all. Um, and then we end up at the Pentagon where they track mutants and people are a bit concerned that uh, dead mutants are turning up, which happen to be our Weapon X team. Um, and just as they're wondering what's heading towards them, Hyperion turns up and murders everyone whilst also ignoring the very desperate Carol Danvers. That's, um... Oh man, this relationship... <laughs> Yeah, the one-sided relationship of Kyle Danvers, who's screaming and shouting about things, and he's just like, whatever, mate. Um, Remember all last issue, like, threw yep. herself at him, and he's like, yeah, you want it. <laughs> and now he's yep. like, I don't care about you at all. Nope. 
and he um, murders all. Well, he blows up the thing that destroys all the Sentinels, which come crashing down, killing pretty much everyone. I assume it also kills the president there. Um, meanwhile, Gambit and the rest of the team uh, head to a place where Storm has been protecting uh, her uh, community, but there's mm-hmm. only Storm and the Vanisher are the only two mutants left. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, um, up on Asteroid M, uh, Quicksilver's like, oh, by the way, uh, it may not be that bad. Um, people are down there that maybe could help us. And Random Magneto is like, well, we need manservants up here in space. Yeah. Um, so they go. And um, Hyperion declares himself the king of the world with Magneto turning up. And is all like, Magneto's like, I bow to no one. And Hyperion's like, you'll bow to me, essentially. Uh, which leads to Hyperion being like, get rid of the asteroid or everyone dies. He kills Logan and Mystique and sends goes into space with Magneto and Magneto still refuses so he kills Magneto and there's just a giant asteroid in his way um, on top of that we have a little bit of like dialogue between uh, Colossus and Kitty which could have easily been from any comic book um, <laughs> that's practically it Yeah, essentially um, it's basically the Hyperion show um, and it's just look how awesome it is when Superman goes evil Again, yes. Um, Califiori, though, bonus points. Um, I really enjoy uh, him, his depiction of those I beams liquefying people. Oh, yeah, uh, really well done. I actually quite like Califiori's work on Exiles, I think I always have. He's got really expressive characters. I think they've turned down the digital coloring, which makes it much better. Um, here and there. Um, I think the line work on a whole is just really strong. It's very classical uh, comic book, if that makes sense. Um, very how like house style DC rather than house style Marvel. Yeah, but yeah. Visually, I'm on board for it. Visually, like it is of its time, but I'm on board with it visually. There's Definitely. a reason Chuck Austin, Chuck yeah. isn't isn't considered one of the greats. <laughs> 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 Goodness. No, I mean every every unfortunately every every guy has sort of like the same face. There's a little bit of like um oh darn it. Uh I haven't had to think about this 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 artist in forever. Who's who's the guy who started X Force? That um Liefeld. Yes, there's a little bit of like Liefeld mouth and like facial things happening here. Uh not 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 to that extent, but like he always has like everyone has the same mouth movement or the same like head shape, and there's a, there's a there's a good chunk of that happening here, and it does. I I would say there's maybe a little bit of influence uh from from that uh in the way uh, the male characters are, but um other than sort of that maybe rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, I I totally agree with you. I I enjoy how this looks. Um, I mean Hyperion is just. Overpowering and it's it's sold very well in the book. Uh, uh, so like you're supposed to hate him and obviously you hate him. You hate Magneto too because he's terrible. Um, I, I do really love that uh, as they're having this conflict, Iceman and Rogue are like, you know what? We're not gonna try and fight evil Superman. I, I we're gonna yeah. send this one out. <laughs> to be fair, that was actually quite fun when they're like, yeah, okay, bye, and like <laughs> we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that was actually kind of fun. Well, oh, yeah, no, it's kind of like 
it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah. It's quite, it's fun in its own way, but it just, Carol is still really just, ouch, what a bad idea. Mm. <laughs> um, I like Magneto being a pompous jerk, though. That kind of, it was fun. And, and um, like his superiority complex hitting someone else with a superiority complex that could actually overpower him. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of a fun idea, but yeah, I think it was decent. That's what I'd say. Yeah, I was, I was, I was glad to get back to this book. I'll say that. Mhm. All right. Well, yeah. uh, why don't we jump into X Factor '88, Dan? Um, I think the last book we covered was X Factor like '84 or something, but then we had the uh, the event which we did with Jason and Grant a while ago. So we've skipped all of that and. Uh, I didn't really remember where that event ended with X Factor, to be honest. So this was sort of like being dropped into a soft reboot almost. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but on the cover, we have Random. Uh, what a great character. And uh, sort of holding a uh, a knocked out strong guy. And he's he's shooting his, his arm gun as the background is just red, I don't know, flare, plasma. I'm not really certain. What did you, what did you think of this cover? I always forget random exists. I <laughs> um, actually right, so it's very much like um, sort of beefcake mm-hmm. Judge Dread Judge Dread meets pure nineties. Yep. Um, so there's like something to. It's not offensive to me, and I always is, is it Quesada? Um Who's yeah, doing, uh, yes, it is. Yes. Um, I'm actually I always, I'm always like oh that's where he came from. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it's bad. Um, it's very much uh, a snapshot of the '90s. Like it feels very much there. A guy oh, yeah. that makes arms into guns. It's, yeah. Yep. Just like anger and beefcake and flashing explosions on a cover. It's it's very standard. <clears throat> uh, for the creative team, Peter David as the writer, Joe Quesada penciler, uh, Al Milgram inker, colorist is Arian. Uh, letterer Richard Starkings. Um, so I believe after the event, uh, there's a, a mutant team uh, in a hospital where one of their members uh, is uh, needs to be healed. And but um, Random has been hired for like two thousand dollars, only two thousand dollars, to <laughs> go into this hospital and kill this mutant team, which was very like, really, that's it. Um, like if someone gave me two thousand, offered me two thousand dollars to do something, that's a lot of money to me. But it's not enough money to go in and kill a bunch of people. Uh, nor if you're like someone who gets paid as an assassin, two thousand seems like really low, Dan. Am I like overanalyzing this? No, no, I feel like um he doesn't understand um his worth being a living weapon <laughs> yes. and um. Maybe you could make an entire story about how he comes to terms with the fact that he's been undercharging people because he's uh, got low self-esteem. But I don't know. Um, two thousand. I didn't realize it was t- <laughs> like I read it, but I was like, I must have read it as like higher than two thousand, <laughs> like twenty grand maybe. <laughs> right. Um, maybe two million. And two hundred. Um, well, anyway, it just like really struck me. Uh, so random, basically. It seems like his powers are random, almost like he's uh, he's Darwin. Whatever power he needs sort of just happens for him. 
except when he wants to turn his arm into a gun. Like he can actively do that whenever he wants. But every other thing just sort of happens as he needs it. Am I understanding this correctly? I think so. Okay. <laughs> his powers make no sense to me. No, no. Um, so basically, after this event, uh, Strong Guy has a new uniform for some reason, and uh, we did talk about Polaris's uh, uh, need to be a sex pot uh, recently as well, which was odd. Uh, so she's got a new costume, but everyone else is just walking with Val, and, and Alex is like, how dare you let Quicksilver take some time off? And she's like, screw you, Havoc, I'm the leader. Uh, so tension. Uh, and then Random shows up uh, to... Uh, the hospital because he's going to kill the expatriates and uh they try to stop them but his powers just magically manifest so someone pirouette can uh, create uh like a tornado but he his his body naturally creates a reverse tornado that led <laughs> that's the stupidest idea but like cancels her out so she's she falls out someone else uses powers and he can just knock them away he shoots them or uh, someone scratches him, so he's obviously got super strength, and he can just like tear them to the ground. It's 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 just like very overkill, dumb uh, uh, '90s bad guy with a gun and muscles bullshit. Yep. Uh, then X Factor shows up, and Guido punches this guy until his face turns into goo, uh, and then um, all the rest of X Factor show up and they try to take him out, but they can't do it because his powers just manifest and change things. And w- w- he could just rule the world if if this if he his powers were just to do whatever he, he needed them to do. It's it's dumb. So how does how do they stop this? I kind of appreciated this because um, Random's like I was paid two thousand dollars, and Havoc's like, all right, well here's a check for four thousand dollars to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, deal. I'll I'll take the money and go. If you think about like the damage like fighting could cause, paying a guy four thousand dollars to just stop is like kind of the best the best resolution anyone's ever had to a fight in in a, in a comic book. You know what I mean? He's actually quite ingenious. Um, and I love that uh, Havoc has a special X Factor checkbook. Um. I don't know if, if you guys had checks in, in England ever, but... Uh... Yes, we definitely had checks. Um, okay. I don't know if we invented them. We definitely had them. We definitely I mean, still have them. I was I was in Japan for forever, and, and like they never had checks. So like some, some countries just didn't have that sort of system. That's that's why I asked. Um, but he, he pays them off, and then the expatriates like, all right, we're going back to Genosha, because that's the place to be. And then randomly, Rain's like, hey, I'm going to start hitting on uh, multiple men for no reason. And uh, multiple man wants to talk to Polaris about it uh, for no reason. Um, and the uh, story kind of ends. And then we see Quicksilver's uh, out having uh, a getaway with um, his estranged wife. And it's it's a backup story. He gets five pages of talking to Val to let him uh, take a break. And she gives him the keys. And then five pages of him running up the state highway till they get to a cabin. And then about five pages of them making love uh, as a joke. Uh, the end. <laughs> I don't know. Did we really need this then at all? I, I don't know. Um, that last story, the way it's drawn as well, um, obviously is nowhere near Kevin Maguire, but it reminds me a lot of uh, like the Justice League ha-ha, like the bwa-ha-ha. Yeah. Stuff, where it's just for comedy. Um, I kind of enjoyed it. The, the first panel of Time Out feels very much like a sitcom 
like yes. I'm waiting oh, for yeah. Silver to like sitcom his way in. Also, can we just talk about the fact that Alex uses the word frisky, but he uses yes, it in a yes. way where he pauses. So he's like, Rain can get a bit frisky, frisky and yes. but his face is so solemn and like, like frisky would be the uh, the like the, the moment where it goes to be continued. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but frisky, he should definitely have a different facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> seems really hard she could get I... frisky like the world's about to end <laughs> right so also one thing i want to ask is um random is so 90s his left arm which is usually his good arm he has barbed wire wrapped yep. around it as a brace as like an arm bracelet yeah what the actual like why I only hope Peter David was like, they want us to do this 90s character. Can you just, like, overdo it so it's ridiculous? Like, I hope that's what he told his artist. Like, make him sound, like, make him look like the worst version of what we're going through right now. And the artist was like, yeah, no problem. I got this. It is, honestly, to be to be absolutely honest, right, he is a, an astonishing visual. Like, um, just as, like, a person. Like, his first, when he's walking away. Yeah. It's like the first page is very much I'm Lobo. Yes. It's a very much a Lobo page. But when is it the third page where he's walking away with his giant gun going through the police um, line? Yeah. It's just it's an image like he's really striking visually. He's mm-hmm. so over the top and so out of the place. Like just completely like bizarre. I do generally like um, enjoy the art here uh, for the first story. The second story is kind of fun, like art in more of a realistic manner but the stories themselves are just all over like in a instance like it's just over the top for both of them right like we really don't need quicksilver to see quicksilver um bang crystal for like five pages straight <laughs> um yeah. however fun it may be but i don't know i enjoyed it for what it was sure it, it feels like we're in on the, it feels like it's a joke that we're all in on Mm-hmm. as well at the moment mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel it feels a little bit too self-aware um of what it is but yep. um some of the some of the weird choices of like rain hitting on uh jamie just bizarre and i just i still can't get over uh polaris's new costume it's terrible um it really is but yeah i i enjoyed it for what it was <laughs> to be fair I, I do want to point out that the backup uh, pencils by Chris Batista and inks by Andrew Pepoy, lettered by uh, Luis uh, Bujales, and colors by Ariane again. Uh, so slightly different art team, and it is more like traditional, uh, almost like like funny book sort of artwork. Yeah, that's uh, why I kind of I actually really like the um, original pages because it looks kind of like a funny, like a more of a different type of. Like, mm-hmm. It kind of almost reminds me of Archie. Um, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, there's one panel that I actually really like. I think it's on the, apart from the first one, on the second page where it's just Quicksilver with his hand behind his head. And um, there's like a little, uh, yeah. I won't call that orange, um, well, behind, behind like him. a little yeah. like, rectangle of orange. I do really like the like the way he gestures <clears throat> in a lot of this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of just, it's just, it was such a random backup. Like, do we even need this? Just um, like, just remember, he's got this wife that he's. There will they want? Won't they? Thing is still happening. I do think though that Marvel. Um, this feels like a start, like a backup story that you'd get as a full issue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In other in other places, but. Whew. 
Yeah, I didn't mind it. No, it's it wasn't terrible, but nothing. I mean, I'm not going to remember this in two days. Oh no, God no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> well, I, uh, we'll move on to the book I think is maybe the best of of the batch here, which is Generation X number 27. Uh, which came out in May '97. Oh my goodness, I feel old. Um, the mercy at the mercy of Bastion. Could Jubilee really be the sole survivor of the X-Men? And we've got Jubilee um, in some sort of uh, apparatus uh, that contains and like analyzes her brain and body. Uh, and behind her, on a, a number of screens, are just Bastion staring at her. Now, this is a point where um, Bakalov's artwork is really going through a transformation. Uh, where Jubilee now is depicted as almost like a 12-year-old, skinny, uh, like almost not even human, sort of uh, human-like alien. Uh, it's it's a very it's, it's a little jarring if you were to like compare contrast this to the first issues we saw, right? Uh, he's going through uh, a major transformation, and I just sort of wanted to know what what you thought about that, Dan. Yeah, because obviously. Um... The first issues of uh, Gen X are visually stunning, um, and all the characters still look humanistic, um, mm-hmm. but they're in like a really beautiful, overly stylized way, and like the concentric circles, frogs, and all that jazz. And now it is becoming more like um, cartoon. Yeah. Um, which he sticks with this style practically all the way now. He, he refines it more to be a bit more like. Uh, le- less um, real, card- like really cartoony, and more like uh, more expressive. Like his most recent X X works, um, uh, or more recent work, is still got this more cartoony style to it, but they kind of the proportions are kind of better. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely made adjustments since 1997. <laughs> but one thing I will say is like um, when it does turn to this. Um, more as it's saying as this, it is strikingly different. Like, um, and this cover is really like eye draw. Like, it would catch your eye. Oh, sure. It looks because for all intents and purposes, that's a that looks like a child or a cherub being tortured. Yes. Um, by some machine. Um, and throughout throughout the book, uh, before you go on it, it just um, visually like, even though it's like cartoonistic. Bastion is sinister as hell oh, visually. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's such an interesting. I think it's a really interesting change. Like you could tell that he was going into more of a, a sort of um, illustrate, illustrate, like a Saturday morning illustrator, um, like a mm-hmm. funny, like um, strips. Um, I'm trying to think of ones that we both have. Um, like like in this country we have like the Beano, or or on um. Which is like Dennis the Menace. You also have a Dennis the Menace, but there's two yeah, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, the different. It's so strange. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of like it's not as cartoony as that. No. And but it feels like it's going to that wheel. Like he was, he's evolving into that wheelhouse, and then he pulls himself sort of back at the same time. Right. I, but, I mean, I really like his recent artwork. Uh, his X books, his um, Doctor Strange book he did a, a few years ago. It, it does it, it's it's sort of a mix of like his his old stuff and what this is i feel like it's a good it's a good mix of of both sort of styles and then still feel like all three of these phases still feel very bacalo they just it, just an artist sort of 
progressing, you know, experimenting. Yeah, it uh, feels like seasons of work. Um, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, Jubilee was captured the last issue, and she's in this apparatus, uh, and Bastion throws down a broken visor in front of her. He's like, see, Cyclops is dead. And uh, she starts to cry. And we pull back, uh, and, and Bastion with his uh, I don't know, assistant is trying to read her mind while torturing her to, to figure out where the X-Men are located. So we see moments of, like, after Ilyana died, uh, where she's talking to Cyclops and trying to, like, trigger some memories of where that might be. Uh, later on, uh, she, they try to give her some food. She kicks it, and they show a memory of, of, of Bishop. And uh, remember, Bishop uh, famously said that, that Jubilee was the last X-Man and trying to, like, just trigger her memories to try and show her where uh, the X-Men might be hiding. Uh, and then um, he claims that all the X-Men are dead except for, and then here's Wolverine being tortured. Um, and it almost gets to Jubilee, but uh, then she starts laughing because Bastion has overplayed his hand. Uh, Wolverine would never beg in the same way that this guy is begging. And so she knows it's all BS uh, and laughs at him. Uh, then the machine picks up his memories, uh, which show... Uh, sort of a metal body with flesh uh, being uh, pulled on top of it. And his assistant is like, wait a second, is Bastion not really human? And he's like, forget you you saw anything. Uh, and uh, sort of ends with uh, Jubilee sort of getting the moral victory here of like, you didn't break me. I know who, who I am. I know who the X-Men are. I'll never break. Uh, and in the middle, we have a, a, a small page, a few pages of uh, Emma and uh, Sean interacting, and Sean's like, wait, I know where everyone is. And he blasts out of um, the mansion. <laughs> uh, I assume the, the rubble has, has crushed uh, his other companions <laughs> and flies away <laughs> to find the ex, uh, the Generation X kids. Um, yeah. It's like, I thought it was a really good issue because we really got to focus on Jubilee, who really doesn't get a lot of, of focus, and her emotional state, her her ties to the X Men, uh, were sort of setting up uh, Bastion moving forward. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, emotional enough. Uh, the artwork is kind of crazy, but the definite panels of enjoyment. I, I I enjoyed this issue. What about you, Dan? I think it's a really strong issue. Um, aside from the random Emma um, uh, and Sean moment. If it's just randomly thrown in there, I do think like the whole thing is really interesting to to, to like cross-examine Jubilee in that way and to have her be like, yeah, I'm not broken, and to show her she's more than just what she's been saying. Where she is an X-Man, like right, she is right. part of the team, and she has a much deep connection to like that legacy. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, the sort of interplay between her and this machine of a man. Um, and visually, I think he's such a beautifully uh, sort of faceless enemy, almost. Even mm-hmm. though he has a face, he just feels mm-hmm. like a faceless enemy, just like a uh, like a doll is taunting you, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and, um, He's got, there's like really great. I don't. I didn't even remember he had like a sidekick or whatever or an assistant. But like there's a really great sort of visual energy between the small Jubilee and his sort of like um, 
because um, they they sort of his his frame like slopes down on itself. Yeah, it does. So yeah. he's got really broad shoulders, and then it slopes inward, uh, making like a like a, a broken arch essentially. And I really uh, enjoy the way he stands with her in a lot of panels. And there are some wonky moments, that's fair. Um, but on the whole, I think it's really um, like that image of the visor broken at the beginning is a really great image. Um, it's great use of color as well with the red. Um, oh yeah. Such forth. And generally, the whole uh, color work is on point. But then all of a sudden, you get this really like uh, like a, like a like a fawn. Um, after a couple of pages in the middle, and it's just, it just feel it kind of dragged me a little bit out of it. Right. But on the whole, it's a really good book, to be fair. Right. Well, I'm glad we saved the the best for last then. <clears throat> uh, Dan, so those are our books. I think I'm gonna. I had I had COVID. Uh, I had a, I had this terrible cough beforehand. You've been going through some stuff. I've been going through some stuff. So I I apologize on the delay. I mean, the whole world is on fire. Uh, but um, we're going to try and make this a little bit more regular if we can um, and hope to see you all soon Dan is there anything you want to plug or, or talk about before we, we head out um, not all other than we will finish these, these series we will <laughs> we'll get there we will uh, I, I, yeah wait. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere so um, those, are, those are our books for the week uh, appreciate you all hanging out with us and we'll hopefully see you very soon okay uh, bye bye